Hello, everyone, and welcome to Dudes Who Like Movies. My name is Dan, and I'm with Alex. Yep. So uh, we just did a review of No Time to Die. I actually just put it up today, so hopefully people will check it out, see what they see if they like it or not. And uh, if you've seen the movie, let us know what you thought. But anyway, we thought we would do an episode about James Bond. I feel like we've talked about spy movies at one point, and we talked briefly, briefly about Bond, but I don't think we have actually talked specifically about Bond. Uh, and then I think probably next week we'll talk about how we'll get into our Halloween stuff because I want to do a Halloween special again this year. But yeah. So anywho, yeah, we are talking about Bond movies today and we're going to do it a little differently. We're not going to go through every single one, mainly because we haven't seen every single one, but we are going to talk about each actor and we're going to rank them and we're going to briefly talk about their movies and we'll kind of just go like that. And, you know, if there's a movie we really like, we might spend a few minutes on it. But overall... Uh, we're gonna we're gonna rank the actors, talk about their movies, and yeah, I, I feel like we'll we'll get it through that way. <laughs> so anyway, we're gonna go worst to best, and I think out of so there's been six people: Sean Connery, George Lazenby, Roger Moore, Timothy Dalton, Pierce Brosnan, Daniel Craig. I'm not counting David Niven because that was a parody movie; it didn't count. Was it? Oh, oh, uh, was it a parody? Yeah, Casino Royale from like the 60s. It was like a parody. Oh, I had no yeah. idea. Yeah. So it definitely, it wasn't produced by the, the company that makes Bond movies. And even like Sean Connery did it, another one like the 80s. It was called like Never Say Die Again or something like that. And he, it wasn't produced officially as a James Bond movie, so it didn't count. But anyway. Mm-hmm. So out of the six, we're going to go worst to best. The worst one we're just going to say because he was only in one movie and he had no previous acting experience. I actually looked that up. He didn't have any previous acting experience. He'd lied on his resume to get the role. And yeah, um, George Lazenby on, his, on Her Majesty's Secret Service. And wasn't he also the youngest one to do it? Because he, like, he was like 29 or 30, wasn't he? I, I have no idea. But he, yeah, he's still alive now. So if he was... I mean, yeah, Sean Connery just died like a year or two ago. So yeah. But, no, so, I mean, you've seen on Honor Majesty's Secret Service, right? I saw bits and pieces. My brother has all of the James Bonds up to Skyfall, because back when they had that blue, this Bluetooth one, yeah. I know I saw the bits and pieces. I remember he got married, and then I remember, um, I think it was the wedding was attacked. and it, he, I do know that much, yeah. I remember that, that scene, and that's as far as I can remember exactly. Yeah. Just, I, the only one he actually ever got married in, too, wasn't it? Yes. So thing with that one, I've seen, you know, we haven't seen like all of the movie all the way through, but we've seen bits and pieces and he tried to be a little more emotional. You know, there's the scene where his wife dies and things like that, but he's also kind of, it's the sixties. It's still that weird swinger thing. I mean, I remember there's a scene with him and all the women on the one on the yacht or something, Hmm. but the reason we're putting him last is because he was really only in one movie and he really just, you know, it wasn't anything really special. It's, it's really hard also to, to judge off of one movie because it's like it's one thing if he did three or four but he's only done the one so we can't exactly say and based off of this performance from what we've seen it's not like we can be like oh yeah fantastic blah 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 and i'm not <laughs> bagging on the guy it's just you know he and he's then in he one, experienced and he was in one movie you know if he would have done more maybe he would have gotten better but yeah <laughs> excuse me um so yeah then number five 
we talked about this one a little bit preparing for this and we weren't really sure but um i'm gonna go with this one and alec let me know if you disagree but i'm putting roger moore number five we did talk about this briefly and i can understand where you are coming from with with your critiques of his uh portrayal so i've seen i've seen I haven't fit, so I've seen bits and pieces again. I, I have there's too many Bond movies. I haven't seen them all the way through, all of them. But I've seen mm. bits and pieces. I've seen a uh, Live and Let Die. I've seen uh, I can't say I've seen Man with the Golden Gun. I've seen bits and pieces of The Spy Who Loved Me, and actually that one was okay. I've seen bits and pieces of Octopussy, and I think those are really the only ones. The only and every critique I see of Roger Moore, I kind of agree with. Everything I've seen, he just seems to be, he just only cares about getting laid and doing quips, and it's all too gadget related. I think I, he, was, he was the I first one to see that. Because when I was at, at the Bond showing, they actually looked back at all the other Bonds, and it, it was showing that a lot of the gadgety kind of things, because it was at the Alamo that did that trivia thing. Mm-hmm. A lot of Roger Moore's movies were essentially gadget based. Like he wasn't like mm-hmm. someone with like ability. It was just more of like he relied solely on Q to get him gadgets. And another thing too that I just don't like about Roger Moore, and I'm sorry, you know, rest in peace because he died a couple of years ago. Every time I look at him in the role, I just I don't see James Bond. I don't buy it. You know, I just see suave British man as a spy. I don't see James Bond when I look at him, which I know is sacrilege for a lot of people. But it's just like when I when even when I see like Timothy Dalton or Pierce Brosnan, definitely when I see Daniel Craig and Sean Connery, I'm like that is James Bond. You know that's that's a and I think it goes back to what you were saying earlier about where he just like all it's about getting laid and using gadgets. It's supposed to be like when Sean Connery took the role because like James Bond was supposed to be masculine, you know, powerful dude getting the women, drinking the best drinks. He did it in like a kind of like you know an outward way but it wasn't like overly over the top it was kind of like kind of subtle Mm -hmm. but it just sounds like the way roger moore is putting it across is he's doing the thing that it was intended to be but taking it too far it's it's just all his movies are just basically like uh yeah everyone knows who i am i'm gonna try and get laid i'm gonna get like this girl i'm gonna get this kind of drink it's kind of like all right we get it like you you are james bond and that's what you're trying to say but you're like taking it to level two where you don't have to yeah and well and the thing is too like i the 60s james bond it still had 60s elements to it obviously but it felt like it could have taken place at really any time because when i watched goldfinger it's like yeah i mean this takes place in the 60s and they're trying to rob fort knox yeah yeah Really, it could have taken place in the 90s. Could have, you know, I mean, obviously it was made in the 60s, but what I'm saying is, you know, if they would have made it, it would have been released in the 90s, I could buy it as a 90s movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas every one of Roger Moore movies, they seem like, oh, hey, we're going to go back to the 60s and everything's all tongue in cheek and he's dancing and doing, and I'm just like, Ugh. so mm-hmm. no disrespect to Roger Moore, just not a huge fan of his movies. Um, the Spy I Love Me was okay. I've seen bits and pieces of it. And Live and Let Die, you know, that Wings song, pretty pretty good. But mm. uh, side note, I actually just saw Guns N' Roses a couple months ago in concert, and they performed Live and Let Die, their cover. So pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, <coughs> number four, Timothy Dalton. He, I don't think he gets enough credit because 
I've seen bits and pieces of his movies. Again, I haven't seen every single one of his movies all the way through because there's just so many of them. Not just Timothy Dalton, James Bond in general, but The Living Daylights, I think he was in, and License to Kill. And License to Kill was pretty brutal because I think it's all a revenge story. Something like that. Like one of his friends gets killed, so he goes off to revenge on him. I don't know. but I don't think I've seen Timothy Dalton's, so I can't say. Well, he was very intense and dark. He was kind of Daniel Craig before Daniel Craig. But I guess really? he wasn't as well received, I guess. Well, I guess maybe it's for the time period. Because, I, I mean, cause his was like, what, the, the mid-80s? 87 was his first one, and then 89. Maybe, maybe I think maybe it was just for the, the period, maybe. Yeah, so something like that. But, again, I've, I've seen bits and pieces, and he just seems much more into it, intense. He really tried. Don't get me wrong. It seems like he really tried. It's just... I guess it was too dark for the time, too intense for people. Um, and then as Daniel Craig came back, it, I guess it just, it made more sense for that time. It just wrong place, wrong time. Right. Good actor. But number three, we're going to go Pierce Brosnan, the Bond who we were born around the time he was going, because Golden, I came out in 95. You and I were both born in 96. Yep. So. And I know my mom, she was, she was a big, big fan of his. Because I think she has all of his uh, James Bond movies as well as Daniel Craig's. Yeah, so I remember being a kid and just one day one of my dad's friends or my dad and his friend showed me Goldeneye. And I'm like, oh, this is a good movie. And I know mm. people love that Goldeneye N64 game. No disrespect to that. <laughs> Goldeneye, I have seen Goldeneye all the way through. Really good movie. It's very dated because... Oh God, yeah. I mean, his movies were all dated. <laughs> My God. Yeah. The the so it was Goldeneye. Tomorrow never dies. The world is not enough. And die another day. Goldeneye was really good. Die another day is really bad. <laughs> oh God, it's it, it's it's one of the worst. Yeah, you you've seen that all the way through. I've seen parts of it, but I've seen it all the way through. I've seen it twice. Yeah, but the world is not enough. I don't remember anything about that movie besides I like the theme song because it's garbage, and I like the band Garbage. I think that was the I think that was the one that came out in ninety nine, right? Yes. I think that's the one that I'm thinking of where he got into a shootout, but he was able to steer his car with his like flip phone where he could like flip it up, you know, like the old blackberries, and he was actually able to control it like he's using a remote control uh wasn't car correctly. Wasn't there a thing it was like Denise Richards Williams, whatever her name is, some kind of model? Was in there and she played. Her name was like Christmas or January or something Jones. And he's like, I thought Christmas only came twice a year or once a year. It's like, oh my god. Yeah, apparently that put a lot of people off. But I mean, yeah, because that's I, not really cheesy. But come on, man. What was the difference? I'm sorry, because Goldeneye, it was his ex. It was 006 or something. Was trying to yeah, I mean, he, satellite he, was called Goldeneye, <laughs> and he wanted to use it for like global domination or something. Yeah, he, a satellite had fallen. And it fell into the hands of 006, which, which was played by uh, Sean um, Bean. Sean Bean. And the guy's name was Alec Trevecki, I think, who was Something 006. Like and he was going to sell it to, I think it was, uh, I think it was going to, he was going to to either Russia or to Spectre, because I think he was actually working for Spectre. And it became like a big fight between the two, because um, I do remember, though, what I thought was hilarious, because I, I believe this was the end of that movie, where they're fighting atop the platform, 
and he ends up pushing him off the edge. Yep. And then the whole structure comes crashing down on him. I thought that was a pretty good ending. Well, in GoldenEye 2, it was one of those things where I really like the stunt work because that opening thing with the bungee cord. And doesn't he, like, jump down? He, like, cuts the bungee, and then he just, like, skydives or something into a plane? I believe he does. I think yeah. that's I think that's how But yeah, what happened. Isn't Tomorrow Never Dies basically the same plot where some uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? Cyber terrorist is trying to take over a bunch of satellites or something, and tomorrow never dies. And he teams up with uh, Halle Berry. No, that's Die Another Day. Die Another Day, not Tomorrow Never. Tomorrow Never Dies. Michelle Yeoh, I think, was the the Bond girl. I think think so. Um, God, I can't remember the plot of that one. I just remember the one scene with the shootout, him controlling the car, because I was like, damn, that's pretty cool. I think that might have been the same plot. I think there was. I think there was some with a cyber terrorist. I don't know exactly what it was, but I think it was a cyber terrorist. Something like that. I remember something like that. I think I'd have to rewatch it. Yeah, but Pierce Brosnan. It was a little too gadget heavy, especially as they went later on. And I really think GoldenEye is really the only good, the only like superb one that he made. Everything else was very mediocre and Die Another Day was just bad. Straight up bad. Die Another Day with Halle Berry was awful. Yeah. And I only watched it twice. I was an ignorant young man. I can't help it. So. But yeah, he's number three for us. Number two, I know this is going to be sacrilege for especially the boomer generation and things like that, you know, but Sean Connery is number two. Sean really- Connery is a solid one. But I don't think he's the best either. No, and we'll get into number one. Obviously, you can tell who it is by this point. But Sean Connery, so I've seen Dr. No. You've seen From Russia With Love. I've seen Goldfinger. Yeah, Goldfinger? Yeah. And you've seen Thunderball. So we've seen the majority of his movies. He's very sophisticated, even from that first scene in Dr. No where you see him. He is a spy going to do his job. You know, and if he gets laid, cool. But that's, you know, that is something he worries about. Yeah, it's his primary purpose. His primary purpose is like, that's kind of like his side gig where he's like, you know, I I see this hot girl. I'm going to try and get with her. But at the end of the day, he is going to do his job. Exactly. So Connery, he was the OG. He's the one who started it all. He's the Mm -hmm. one who started the tropes, the one who just really gave off the gentleman spy. Thing. He, he really kind of invented the whole spy characterization because, I mean, up to that point, what, what other spy movies were there? Because this is like 61, 62 when Dr. No came out. I, I honestly don't think there was that many. I, I know they probably had some, like, noir-esque kind of movies where it's, like, detectives, but I don't think they went, like, full-fledged um, spy movies at that time at all, at least not to my knowledge. Like I said, I think most of that era was dominated by the noir kind of movie. Well, you even, know, the the scene in, even the scene in Goldfinger where he, the lasers come in and he's like, do you expect me to talk? No, I expect you to die. Instead Iconic. of fighting his way out, he uses his words, which is something Connery did a lot, was he was very sophisticated, like I said earlier. And that scene was so iconic, it was replicated in SpongeBob. Exactly. But <laughs> yeah, sure, I, Connery, I mean, what else can we say besides he was sophisticated? He was badass. He knew what he wanted to do, and he got the job done. Those movies were very good, even for their time. I still watch them today. I, I still have 
a copy of From Russia with Love with me because I, I love that movie from Sean Connery. Pierce Brosnan was stoic, but he's still Sean Connery was got he was just better, you know. I don't know how else to say it, especially when you're comparing Pierce Brosnan to Sean Connery. But Pierce Brosnan, it was just a little. There was I think his movies overshadowed his performance, whereas all most of the Sean Connery ones, the movies complemented his performance. Right, yeah. I can agree to that. Yeah. So, but yeah, Sean Connery, OG, R.I.P. Very good. I would say my favorite movie of his, Goldfinger. Yeah, Goldfinger is really good. I like Thunderball because I, I thought it was pretty interesting. Um, where they had to, I believe, it was two NATO uh, missiles or satellites, rather. Wasn't were that taken. the first one with Blofeld in it? I want to say yes. I can't 100% confirm, but I remember that it was, I believe it was two satellites were falling and he had to go retrieve them. And he was like fighting. Um, he had to go, I think it was underwater. I remember he had to fight like sharks and stuff because he had a, um, what do you call it? A harpoon Sharks gun? Freaking laser beams attached to my head. Yeah. <laughs> That's where it came from too. Cause I remember he had a harpoon. Well, and the but- thing is, if you look at Blofeld from those last couple Connery movies, it was 100% Dr. Evil, which I actually found out, too. The guy who played Bill Fett, I think it was Donald Pleasance, he was in Halloween. He played Loomis, Dr. Loomis. Really? Yeah. When I first heard that, I'm like, good Lord, you're right. Jeez. But oh, He just changed career paths. <laughs> exactly. But my favorite will always be from Russia with Love with Bird, Sean, Sean Connery. I thought that one was like the classic – 1960 uh, spy movie, you know, defector from the Soviet Union, trying to meet her in like Istanbul, then in Greece, then London. I thought it was just a fantastic movie. And I think you know, it it kind of had that benefit of being set during the Cold War, so they could obviously use the Russians a lot. But obviously, Spectre, you know, was a good villain. They could have, I guess, it was a metaphor. It, 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 was like, it was it was the special um protective or special it was like some anti-terror anti-terror thing i think is what it was uh, is what the acronym stood for if i remember right um and like yeah it, it was like, i think it was basically a front yeah but that's kind of one of the things i liked about the later bond movies which we'll get into here in, in a second is they didn't have the cold war anymore so they had to come up with their old their own different things even though, even though some today, like even the even um the one we just watched, um, uh, no time to die, no time to die. Even then, the Russians are still the bad guys. Yeah. I mean, like if you remember, like when they were in the uh, um Rami Malek's poison garden, whatever. I mean, all the guys in there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The Russian guy who was the the head. Thing. Not yeah, not just him, but all the mercenaries there were all Russian. And then before that, even with Spectre, most of the bad guys were Russian. Yeah, okay. Well, it was Spectre and Rami Malek, but anyway. So, but yeah, so we're going to go to number one, the best Bond, and it's not just because I share a name with him, Daniel Craig. Mm -hmm. So, so good. Because up to that point, Bond was just tired, and nobody really cared because Die Another Day was so awful. Not to say Pierce Brosnan was bad, but the last he went out with a with a whimper. I mean, he took an L on um. Yeah. Movie. So 
Casino Royale was the first one, and it just showed him as a stone-cold killer. He wasn't just trying to get laid, really at all, because there's like a scene in that movie where, and I want to point out, I've seen all the James Bond, or I've seen all of the Daniel Craig ones all the way through, mm -hmm. so I'm going to have the most to say about these movies, but in Casino Royale, there's a scene where he's trying to get information from this one woman, and he's got her on her back, and like they're making out, and then when he gets what he needs, he just leaves. You know? So he doesn't really... And I love the scene where he, they're in the casino. He said, can I get a vodka marketing? He's like, do you shake, they want to shake in her street? Like, do you look like I give a damn? So I really like how it just, they just changed the rules of Bond, made him a very fleshed out person who, he's an assassin, you know? And then yeah, he, he falls in love with Patrick Lind, which by the way, can, one of the reasons, I think we were, t I'll, I'll talk about this in a minute too, but one of the reasons why Casino Royale, I think is my favorite Bond movie ever, it's got a very clear villain in Lashif. It's got the best Bond girl. I'm sorry. Best Bond girl is definitely Vesper Lynn, Eva Green. Best Bond girl. So. She, did she die in that one or is it Quantum of Solace? She died in that one at the end. But I also like the characterization of Bond. He starts out, he falls in love with Vesper Lynn. And he's like, I'm going to leave. And then he leaves and then he finds out she betrayed him and he just learns, okay, well, he becomes a more cold after that. Mm. So, there's that, and then the torture scene. Good God, Daniel Craig in that scene. I have to remember. It's I. I it's, watched. Okay, so it's been out for 15 years. I'm gonna say it's the scene where he gets like whipped in the balls a bunch of times. Uh, yeah, I, I'm gonna say I have it sitting on my shelf. I have watched it. It's just been a minute since I've seen that one in Quantum of Solace. But I, I, I'm solid on the other three. And even as they went through, Quantum of Solace is not that good, but he's not the bad part of it. It's the writing because it was written during the writer's strike when it came out. And then Skyfall is another one of my favorite Bond movies because it goes into just Bond's That's relationship with him. Yeah, and the villain is just great. Javier Bardem as the villain is 100% just like, he's not even like world domination. He just wants revenge on... Because he, he was betrayed because he was in that, uh, I think it was the North Korean uh, prison, and he had a cyanide capsule, and he was well, told... And betrayed there, him to the, to the Russians or the, or the North Koreans, whatever it was. She betrayed him to him. He down onto it, trying to kill himself, but it ends up melting half his face. And he realized, he calls M his mother, which I was like, hmm, because... Uh, you know, that's that's the bond that he was basically supposed to have with her. Ah, nice. Um, and I remember when he pulled his teeth out, like that kind of like grossed me out because then his face started to sink in. Yeah. And you like, and he could just see how like he was just like, he wasn't like, I don't want to take over the role. I'm just pissed off at you kind of thing. And we're not putting Daniel Craig at number one because he's got the best Bond villains or the best, you know, Bond girls or whatever because Skyfall didn't even really have a Bond girl. And yeah. Well, the most you could say was um was yeah. a girl that was sent to go get him. Where later on they're trying to shoot a whiskey glass off her head with dueling pistols, and Javier Bardem just shoots her in the in the stomach and kills her. Yeah, that's like the closest thing you can get to in that in that movie. I would say M is a Bond girl in that movie, but anyway, no Daniel Craig. Like I said, he's very. He, I like how cold he is. I like how real he is. He's got real human emotions because the whole him falling in love with Vesper Lynn thing and she dying and betraying him really follows him through the movies because. Quantum Asalis is a direct follow-up where he's trying to take down the organization, Quantum, that basically was responsible for his, her death. Skyfall is a little bit more of its own thing, which is fair. But then I think it's Spectre, and then, too. 
Hmm? Skyfall is like him facing like his past, like his personal demons. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's he's reevaluating his relationship with him and kind of what it means for him to do what he's doing because he gets shot at the beginning and basically left for dead almost. And that's why when he goes back to his house, because his home was Skyfall Manor, and it's when you meet all that that old guy, uh, what's his name? It the should have been Connery in that part, but, you know, that's just me. I mean, I can agree to that. But I think that was that's why I think that's my favorite, because it's a, an introspection into who he is, because you don't really oh, know no, much like, about a lot of the James Bonds. Like, you don't know much about who they are, who their past is. This one kind of, like, dives into that, and I kind of like that. That's what I appreciate. Yeah, it's more character-driven. And even Spectre, which was boring as hell, I'm sorry. Like, that one in Quantum of Solace are the least of all his movies, but Spectre, it's just... It tried to develop his character a little bit because obviously he falls in love with that new girl and he's dealing with Blofeld, who turns out to be his like adopted brother and things like that. Thing is, though, look at what it was following, too. I think that was the problem because, like, it'd be he one can't really follow Skyfall. No, I think it'd been one thing if Spectre had came out first and then Skyfall, I think it would have been better for it. Uh, not because, like, the villain, uh, I think they probably have to work around the writing, but. When it, when you look at how Spectre tried, uh, when it did had Christoph Waltz in it as the villain, yeah, that, tried, that really ticked me off. Christoph Waltz, there's only really one scene with him in Spectre that's good, but other than that, he's really wasted. Yeah, because even at the end, when when they they crash the helicopter and they're in the, like the downtown London, and he arrests him on the bridge, I mean, even then, it's like, <sighs> okay. <laughs> now the the torture scene is probably the best scene with Christoph Waltz in that movie, but or that, 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 that uh, like desert air room or whatever. It looks like a dentist well, cherry into. I heard that Christoph Waltz was going to be the bad guy. And I'm like, Oh God, yes. Christoph Waltz. He's awesome. And then wasted. But anyway, anywho, I think that's what they, that's why they were saving him because they were going to do something different. And then they put him into this movie that just came out. And now he just lasted. What? Again, we're talking, yeah. We're talking about Daniel Craig, but, this one, this last one, No Time to Die, very humanizes him, and it kind of completes his arc of, I guess, getting over Vesper's death, death and learning how to kind of move forward, and at the same time, just accepting the consequences of his actions and accepting what's around him, you know? I, I just hate how they did him at the end. I mean, I know we talked about the spoiler already about, you know, what happened to him at the end. I just... When they introduced him with a child, I was, I honest to God was just hoping that they were going to do something like they had done with uh, Batman, where it was, uh, what's his name? The actor, I cannot remember his, Michael Caine. When they had Michael Caine saying, sir, when I see, when I had a dream last night. I saw you. Oh, you're talking about the ending of The Dark Knight Rises where he actually survived. I had a dream you're staying at the train station. I saw you with your family. And then he sees like a train whiz by and then he sees him with, uh, you know, there sitting at the train station, like in his dream. I was hoping they would do something like that where James Bond would just disappear with his, with his family and that would have been the end of it. Like no more, nothing. He's done. He's gone. Like they can't find him. It's not like they did now where he comes back to the radar. From a a storytelling perspective, that couldn't really be possible because he tried to retire and people still kept finding him. So I, yeah, I suppose, 
But I mean, there is a way to completely kill yourself off, I would imagine. Right. Anyway, that's that's our ranking of the Bond actors. Daniel Craig's the best. So I don't care what anyone says at me because, yeah. I mean, Sean Connery respect him, but Daniel Craig's better. Well, the other thing is too, a lot of people I don't think have really have watched a lot of the the James Bond movies outside of um, you know last twenty years. I mean, I think most people when they like today a lot unless you're like giant movie buffs, really only grew up with two Bonds. They didn't really know like oh Sean Connery, Roger Moore. To I guess dad. it depends on when you were growing up because I mean our parents, I guess like our parents who grew up in the late sixties. Well, sorry grew up in the 70s primarily it would have been roger moore and then you know my but, grandparents it would have been sean connery and you know the 90s kids was definitely pierce brosnan and then we have daniel craig i think for most people they recognize pierce brosnan and daniel craig even though everyone knows you know who started it and how it went on i think for more people nowadays even with streaming and everything they just kind of when they hear James Bond, they think, oh, Daniel Craig, or oh, Pierce Brosnan. I mean, Sean and that's Connery, yeah. because you know, these movies that we're talking about, I think the first one came out in, like, 67 is what it was? 67? Uh, no, the first Bond movie was, I think, 62. 62. So we're talking 59 years ago. Mm-hmm. And, and like, most people wouldn't even bother watching a movie that old because they just, like, ugh, ugh, you know. And now I think with... Uh, even with streaming, it's still kind of like an issue, but I think more people are getting exposed to it if they bother to even look into, you know, these movies. Gotcha. Yeah, no, no, I understand that. I wonder yeah. who they're going to pick, though, as the next Bond. I wouldn't mind Henry Cavill. I've seen – who else throw his name in? The guy from Game of Thrones. Which one? Kit Harrington, I think his name is. But I think he's going to be in those Marvel movies, so I don't know. I but, honestly, I honestly want to see Tom Hardy. I'm not going to lie, I like Henry Cavill. Uh, I just think with The Witcher, with that preoccupying his entire thing, because The Witcher. Well, Tom Hardy is better than Venom. So. Yeah, well, yeah, I know, but Venom, I think, is. I mean, they just did uh, the one with Carnage, right? Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. I, I have. I'm gonna go see it at some point. I just gotta find the time. Yeah, I mean Tom Hardy would be good because he's a really good actor. But I, I think Tom Hardy would be a good one uh, for James Bond. Uh, another Bond, I would think, off the top of my head. Um, I guess they have to be English, right? They would have to be. Well, no, Cumberbatch wouldn't be. No, nah, I, I, I wouldn't be able to think. I wouldn't say Cumberbatch. I don't think he's a the womanizer kind of type. People think Idris Elba. I could kind of see it, but I don't – I mean, I'm not going to be upset if he is, but he's not my first choice. He's not my first choice either. He's a good actor. I do enjoy Idris Elba. I just don't see him as James Bond. Yeah. You know, I just don't see him, you know, drinking heavily, having a bunch of issues and seducing a bunch of women. I mean, I just don't – when I think of that, I don't see Idris Elba. Yeah. So I'm thinking – Then again, I guess it it just depends on who's cast, but I can't I'm, think oh, – Richard, Richard Madden's the guy's name. Who is it? Richard Madden. Richard Madden. Who'd he play in Game of Thrones? I don't know who he played in Game of Thrones, but I know he's in the Eternals movie. 
Oh, you uh, know, Cillian Murphy is an interesting choice. Sorry, I Googled it. Cillian Murphy. He's another good one. He was in Peaky Blinders. I like him. Yeah, I don't know if I could – I think I would choose Tom Hardy over him. But I I guess Henry Cavill, he is not occupied anymore because he's not doing any more Superman crap, is he? Not that I'm aware. I think the only thing I know he's doing is The Witcher. Oh, yeah. You mentioned – yeah, yeah, he's probably occupied. I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, because, I mean, again, they aren't going to release one, you know, for – because, I mean, Casino Royale, between that and uh, uh, tomorrow, or, uh, God, I cannot remember the damn title. Between those two, Casino Royale and um, Die Another Day, that was, that was, what, four years? Yeah, but it's already been six years, you know. I mean, it would, if, without the pandemic, it still would have been about five years since Skyfall, or sorry, Spectre 2. I actually, because I remember yesterday, I was like, wait, are you sure? And I forgot, oh, yeah, we're 2021 now. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, I think they might wait. I wanna, I'm going to say they're going to wait maybe, I want to say 10, five, no, I'm going to say six years. I think they're going to wait six years. I think we might see one in 2027, 2028, but I don't think we're going to see one any earlier than that. Okay. Yeah, we'll we'll see, but but I'm wondering I mean, how to introduce it too. That's another thing. I mean, don't judge it until you see it, because I mean, people judge Daniel Craig, and then he became the best Bond actor. So, but yeah, because they were thinking like, oh, Daniel, is what was he in before Casino Royale too? Not really much, but the thing is, people got pissed because he was had blonde hair and blue eyes, as opposed to you know everyone else had dark hair. It's like really, mm-hmm. but whatever. Anyway, anywho. So. Yeah, um, I guess we'll go ahead and end this one. Next time we get on, I guess we'll talk about some scary movies, talk about Halloween stuff. And, well, I guess I'm going to try to see Halloween here soon, the new one, The Halloween Kills. I am as well. I think I'm going to talk to Lily and Gabby about going. Cool. And then we're going to – well, so one thing we mentioned on the last episode was there's not really that many options for movies coming out soon besides, I guess, Spider-Man that we really – I mean, Eternals is coming out. I don't care. But I want to see Ghostbusters Afterlife, the new one, because apparently I for- we forgot it was coming out. So I did. I like the marketing has been just non-existent. I remember the announcement about a year or two ago, and then because I was told it's going to ignore the entire 2016 storyline, and it was going to be uh, being a story where the grandkids are inheriting the entire thing, the uh, ghost busting business, and then nope, nothing. I haven't even seen a trailer. Yeah, I I think I mean they've released a trailer or two, but yeah, the marketing has been basically non-existent up to this point, which is kind of getting me scared because I want to know because typically when a movie doesn't really get that much, um, what I want to say, marketing, it kind of puts you off because you're thinking, okay, this movie's probably going to be trash, and they know it's going to be trash. Well, they promoted the hell out of the Ghostbusters remake from 2016, and that movie was garbage. I know, but I think they overhyped that one because that was the first Ghostbusters in, what, 30, 20, 30 years at the time? Close to 30 years, yeah. So I think that's why they overmarketed it and overhyped it. And with this one, I'm not sure if they're saying, you know what, if we overmarket this, it's just going to be another, you know, 2016 where everyone's going to say no. Well, if they want to make money, what they need to do is show a trailer with Bill Murray in it. That's how they make their money. 
Oh, yeah. If Bill Murray, because I don't remember. He agreed to be in this, didn't he? I don't know if he necessarily agreed, but he is going to be in it. And if they get him, even his, just his voice, I think, just to let people know, I am in this movie. Uh, you can, you will see me. I think that'd be something better than just that terrible cameo that like five seconds of of him as a cab driver. No, that was Dan Aykroyd. He played the the skeptic. Oh, oh, he's the skeptic. That's right. But still, just the, those five ten second cameos were not enough. I yeah. mean, come on. We all know that's not that's not going to get people in, interested in this movie. Well, anyway. Even, but I'm wondering what's going to happen with that one. And then that also uh, brings us back to James Bond. I wonder what they're going to do for a new James Bond, how they're going to market that. Because, I mean, the send-off for Daniel Craig, like I said, I was upset with it because I just, I just didn't want him to go the way he did. You know what I mean? Like, I, you can't really, yeah. The only reason why is because they put the kid in there. Like, if they hadn't had a kid, if he had just, you know, saved the world, all right. But now he has a child who didn't even know existed, and he knew for maybe half hour at most. And now suddenly it's, and then also when he picked up the doll, I mean, damn, man. But I, I'm wondering how they're going to introduce a new James Bond, if they can even do it. I think they should just start fresh. Don't even have any continuity. It's over. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Because you've got to be connected nowadays. So anyway, yeah. well, thank you all for listening. If you like our podcast, check us out on Facebook, Instagram. We don't have Twitter because screw Twitter. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I guess we do have a Facebook, and Facebook's going through some crap right now. But, you know. Unfortunate, but better than Twitter. I don't care about Twitter. That's the thing. So. I don't know. Anyway, but yeah, thank you all for listening. Hope you have a good day and uh, catch you later. Wait, hold on. Hold on. There we go.